Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. Do not adjust your monitors or little fancy tiny AirPods in your earlobes that are going to create a lot of dry skin and wax and get all over the case. And man, I need to clean mine because it's Ollie Davis on the Saturday Smackdown show filling in for my master, Chopper P. Quinnell. And I'm joined by that bitch, Tempest. That's me back on the wrong side of the screen again. It's, you want me to switch? No, it's fine. I feel like I need to get over this, but mm. it's a real cognitive dissonance thing. You know, maybe maybe it's better because now I'm looking more in the center of the screen to look at your half, and that's closer to the camera, so it looks more like I'm looking into the camera. So maybe maybe it's a good thing. It's just something I need to get used to. I just look at myself when I do the streams. I found it when when I started doing uh, in-person ones with Luke again, I was like, oh, this isn't my face. I'm not talking to my own face anymore. This is hard. Luke's not as engaging. Look at <laughs> as my own face. Well, well, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. This is all. This is the only way that I've ever known podcasting. Um. So this is the last of our little run of podcasts because Luke is back now. AEW Dynamite will be back on Thursdays after tonight's episode, and goddamn, I'm excited for tonight's episode after this episode of Rampage. Mm-hmm. They took a match that I was, you know, Black versus Cody. Lot of build was already into it. But I guess it hasn't had many installments apart from Arn going complete Gran Torino on Cody's ass. <laughs> I want I want Arn to be cast in at least one Clint Eastwood film now. Yes. Just one. Um, yeah, I'm really, really excited for tonight's episode of Dynamite. Like I would be a pay-per-view match. Wow. Yeah, I'm I I've always been uh into the Cody. <laughs> And Malachi Black feud and everything that they've got going on, just because I, I seem to be a much bigger Cody fan than than most people. 
these days. This episode of Rampage made me that much more excited to see it. And it made me feel so happy for him and for the company that they were able to get the reaction that they wanted, even if it's just for the night. You know, I was just like, yeah, they got him. They got him because it, it's felt like that awkward, frustrating kind of give and take tug of war thing with Cody. And I don't want to see that within AEW too much. It feels kind of like a WWE thing where it's it's the difference between what the fans want and the company wants. And on this night, everything lined up. I thought it was very nice. It, yeah, I, I agree. It was very cathartic to see such an organic babyface raw reaction for Cody. I don't quite know. We'll talk about it more in the actual show, I guess. Don't want to go too much into it because we've got Rampage to cover. I can't, like, I don't know what they did differently aside the last yeah. few weeks of vignettes. Yeah, I, I don't either, you know? And, uh, like, it's always been weird with Cody because aside from a few, like, major things, like the promo, the famous promo that people didn't like and stuff like that, I don't know where the, a switch happened where people just kind of decided they didn't like Cody, you know? Like he was, he was one of the most over baby faces when he was going up against Jericho, and then one of the most over baby faces when he was going up against MJF, and then he had that really great TNT title run, and he had a good match with Darby, and then it was literally like after that, once the the Shaq stuff started happening, I just felt like I they were losing him a little bit, and it, it was weird. I don't know. I never saw like the moment that they they lost him, but. Sort of death by a thousand cuts almost because Mm -hmm. or or at least three big paper cuts to the finger because you did have the Shaq stuff, obviously. Then you had that promo and then you had the Agogo, not squash, but, you know, he beat Agogo when I said and the whole cutie Marshall feud, which never took off like the, the, the whole idea, the narrative that Cody just beats everyone. I was always like, where's this coming from? He's gone out of his way to put over Sammy, put over Darby. You know, he's trying to make a go-go in this feud, I thought. But, you know, Marshall is the stepping stone to that. But then a go-go got injured. And it just happened at the same time. And it gave the people who thought that way total evidence. Mm. Uh, This is what was happening, I think. And, yeah, I don't know how you come back from it. But, yeah, we'll talk about that more in the review. Because I want to get into this. This is going to be a live reaction to my own video. Because the Fantasy Booking Warfare final went live an hour and 48 minutes ago. Wow. Me versus Laurie. Me versus Laurie. Of course, you and Pete were knocked out in in the quarterfinals, right? Stephen Lyson? It's a fancy way of saying the first round, but yes. The, the final eight you were knocked out in. But what a journey to get there. It's all right. Not salty about it. I think, but Fast. your one, it was the New Day split, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah. That round, like, sorry, your your match was the closest of any of the quarters by far. Like, that was, that the rest were a little bit squashy as well, like. You know, a little bit, yeah, a little bit, still a little but, bit. Uh, but yeah, that that was that was befitting of a semi-final. Anyway, 
It's a WWE versus AEW supercard. I have not looked at the stats. I'm just refreshing it now. Oh. I'm still going. I'm still going. Oh. And the latest post. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. First, I don't imagine you've had time to watch it because you've probably just woken up. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, I thought Laurie's was excellent. I also was a big fan of mine. But when Laurie <laughs> finished, I was like, oh, man, this is... You know, when you because yeah. you get so into your own idea, you're like, this is the one. Nobody could do it any other way. And then yeah. you hear the other person's and you're like, oh, crap. They did another way and it's really good. I'm useless. What am I doing with my life? <laughs> We've had three and a half thousand votes. It's a landslide. It's 75% to Ollie Davis. Wow. Well, aren't you just pleased as punch? I, yeah, I am. Yeah. But I'm also a little bit... <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think that's fair. You know, it's it's 70, but I should it should be 70%. Ah, oh, yes. That extra 5% is just, it's just ridiculous. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what those 5% of people are, are voting for, making a mockery of this year poll. I'm just scrolling through a few. A lot of people are just like, Laurie's booking was great, but Ollie's was just a little bit better. So I think the 75% win is like, probably, it's... It, it was probably closer than it was. Like, we're actually mm -hmm. quite close. Yeah. But I just had probably, like, in, in some people's eyes, it seems, a few extra percent. Um, and that's that's extrapolated out. Oh, well, I don't know now. I, I'm sort of uh, drunk with confidence. Maybe I should challenge Blancpier. <laughs> Go for it. Do it that's on the show. All, that's how this all began. Me versus Adam. Before he came back to YouTube, you know, when we did that little video, uh -huh. uh, and he destroyed me. Of course he would. He was the big return. <laughs> I could get a whim back, and then we could have a rubber match. Wow. We could introduce a third championship for the 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 channel. You've got the Jam That Championship with predictions. You've got the Quizlemania Championship for whatever Quizlemania is. We could have a fantasy booking championship. Yeah, it's like a mid-card belt or the X yeah. division. Yeah. The X um, division. I could just put Pete's title on the line. I'm sure he wouldn't mind. <laughs> no, I'm sure he wouldn't. Don't let yeah. don't let him hear me say that. Well, we've got a big show to get into, so let's get down with the SmackDown and turn a page for Rampage. Let's do this. WWE has suspended Brock Lesnar indefinitely. It's definitely because of all the people he smashed and brawled. Oh, he's uncontrollable. Not because he is very expensive and only contracted. Probably for his last date this year. We'll see him back in January for the Royal Rumble. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Tempest for this Saturday edition of the Wrestle Talk podcast, where we will be talking SmackDown which went from excellent 
to middle of the road <laughs> to awful in one lovely journey and rampage that started off i would say normal and got incredibly good mm-hmm. yeah it's like the opposite of what they usually do they actually main evented with the main event this week apparently i was on the completely wrong microphone how do i sound now sound good okay well <laughs> i'm sure that's great audio for the podcast we just recorded but anyway let's carry on let's start with this opening segment for smackdown which i thought was terrific just to give a little play-by-play Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman come down. Of course, this is the first time we've seen them since the Crown Jewel event the previous night where Paul Heyman threw the belt, not to Brock, nor to Roman, but in the middle of them. And Roman was, you know, like, why did you do that? You're a bad thrower. They didn't, like, didn't out and out get rid of him. But Reigns was definitely bullying Heyman here, sort of, like, slapped the phone out of Paul's hands and stuff. But then he just kept on reading off all the people he's beat and said, I'm gonna, Brock's still talking to smack at me. I'm not leaving here until he comes out. And Lesnar eventually comes out after an ad break and has this insane brawl where he beats up everyone, smashes a camera against a ring post when he lobs oh. it at Roman Reigns, throws some people around, beats up the sort of, well, I, originally I thought it was the undercard. And looking back, it was Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura in that outfit of bodies. Whatever. Uh, and then Adam Pierce came out. We're going to suspend Brock. Brock comes out. Sorry, what was that? What did you say? And Adam Pierce is like, well, uh, um, uh, uh, F5, F5 walks off. And that took about 40 minutes, 45 minutes of SmackDown. And it just flew by for me. It was so exciting from the start right the way through to the end. Well, I I can't say that I quite enjoyed it that much. I mean, I think it was an effective segment. I think among the, the beat-down brawl segments we've had in WWE recently, this was definitely in the upper tier. But that's, again, what happens when you have Brock Lesnar doing the, the beating as opposed to whoever else on the roster. My heart absolutely wept seeing that camera explode into a million pieces as someone who's been a present when one of those like actual TV cameras has broken. Oh man. If, if this is a shoot, that's that's the most suspendable thing on the entire show <laughs> is breaking one of those things. And I think Pat McAfee was like, that's a ten thousand dollar camera. Oh buddy, you're underselling it. <laughs> you are greatly underselling the cost of that camera. Oh my. So that was one thing. I I thought this went on way too long like and granted given what we were talking about beforehand the rest of this smackdown did not have a whole lot that i guess would have made this show better by being longer but when this this segment ended it was like half past and i was like i have seen a 10 minute segment stretched out across 30 minutes they could have accomplished this in so much shorter of a time, in my opinion. They could. They definitely could. But I do think, uh, I believe it was Stalin who once said, quantity 
is a quality all of its own. So sometimes I think there is an argument to stretch something out to make it feel more impactful. Uh, my mind always goes back to when the New Age Outlaws dumped Foley and Funk in right. the dumpster off Raw, and it that like that had repercussions through the next couple of segments. It wasn't it's one thing I complain about on WWE programming is it's here's a thing. Now we're on to the next thing. Oh, the the fiend just burnt a guy alive. Well, here's a match with Natalia and whoever. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I I like the way it, it had multiple segments devoted to it. Um, but I have also lost my point. You said it went on too long. And I said, oh, that's it. They were getting back from Crown Jewel. They were probably very tired. Mm. And they just booked an extra, booked this to go long. Because none of the matches went long. The in-ring action, you know, 15 minutes? Uh, maybe maybe a bit longer than that. Not I don't have the number. Yeah, I know. D- depending on how long that Drew and Sammy match went. I don't know. This... I did not think this was the finest episode of SmackDown. And I do go into each of these shows being like, I really hope this is good so that I can be positive on this show. And I will still try and be that. But uh, I don't know. I think when the best thing that happens on the show is, is like the opening promo segment goes 30 minutes as opposed to the usual 20. I'm like, Ooh, that's a rough start. Even if the <laughs> segment is good, which I did think this segment was good. It was just really long. Like really long. Anytime, anytime, because I I flipped over to the to the channel like four minutes late. I was like, oh crap, SmackDown's on. Flip over, and they hadn't even started Roman's entrance yet. I was like, oh god, I'm still <laughs> in this for the long haul. I can go and get a drink or something. Well, it uh, I, I definitely thought it was yeah one of the better opening segments of a WWE program for a long, long time. Uh, just like really started hot, uh, but yeah, the at the end in the sort of final part of this multi-segment story, Adam Pierce comes out and is like, "You are indefinitely suspended, Brock." So I can't see him coming back for Survivor Series because that's brand versus brand. There's no pay-per-view in December. We could get him at day one, but I don't think Brock's going to work New Year's Day. I would think so. That. You'd think middle of January return for Brock now, back from his indefinite suspension to come back for the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. At this point, I think it's it's a solid prediction that he could win the Royal Rumble. Mm. I don't know what the they're going to end up planning for Big E or whoever's WWE champion at WrestleMania time. But the plans seem to indicate that we're going to get another Brock Lesnar-Roman Reigns match at WrestleMania. So, given that I don't really think that Roman's losing the title before then, Brock, as of like right now, is my early prediction to win the Royal Rumble. I, don't, I can't see it being any other person right now. Maybe that image will come more in focus as we get closer. Would you book Brock winning the Rumble the same way Denise Salcedo did in Fantasy Booking Warfare? I I can't say that my fantasy booking of Brock Lesnar <laughs> would would have a whole lot to do with with Denise's. I'll be perfectly honest. I think I would take some liberties with her with her booking. So I'm going to say a solid no to answer your fine question. You've got to make Brock look strong. 29 people set the record. 
Eliminate that, everybody. That is a record that will never be broken. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. see what your uh, Ultra Chats have to say, folks. Oh, just checking in on the document. There are no Ultra Chats. Super Makes inspiring episode of SmackDown. <laughs> um, of course, you can put an Ultra Chat in at wrestletalk.com forward slash support or read out every single one of them before the end of the show over $5. But yes, as of right now, no Ultra Chats. So, do, do you want to talk about SmackDown? Or do you want to? Do you just want to do a, a quick adjacent sideways? Do you want to finish on a good thing? The I mean, yes, event? of course. Or do you want to? Do you want to finish on the end of SmackDown? 
Oh, got it. Uh, I'll finish with a good thing. Uh, it, okay. it, you can see you can see the mood change as soon as we flip over to Rampage after most of these shows. Oh, we got one. We got one. What? A whole ultra chat. It's long time mm-hmm. ultra chatter. Laxini Narasimhan B. There's no point in Brock coming back for Survivor Series. He's a free agent. He returns, wins the Rumble. Paul Heyman switches sides. Oh man. This is getting close to Denise's booking. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we're mm. ever going to get the the Paul Heyman switch to, to Brock Lesnar. Maybe. Maybe that's the big moment. But I don't know. I feel like he's staying with Roman Reigns for the long haul. I said in my review today uh, that watching Paul look at Brock and look at Roman, yeah. I got Miss Elizabeth vibes. You know, wow. I, d- I don't feel like he has a strategy in his head, although, you know, obviously does. He looks someone who's genuinely torn between the two loves of his life. Mm-hmm. He's, he genuinely is, like, one of the best performers in mm-hmm. WWE. And it has, like, his promos are great, but it has nothing to do with his promos when I say that. It's all about his facials and his reactions and the subtle excellent performance that he gives every time just something else is happening you get a whole nother dynamic to the match when you add him in just watching him and how he reacts love paul well to sort of quickly go through the rest of smackdown because it was, aside from that opening segment and the main event, um, it was a utterly phoned-in show. Uh, that's what happens when you have a major pay-per-view event, like a 16-hour flight away in Saudi Arabia the night before. Um, so all that stuff with Brock and Roman happened. Then Drew McIntyre showed up, and he's like, I'm going to issue an open challenge because I'm a preppy upstart on SmackDown on my new brand. Sami Zayn answered. They had five minutes, maybe, and drew one with a Claymore. Yeah, it was a totem pole match. You know, you get to see where guys are on the pecking order. I don't think it's a shock to anybody that Drew McIntyre's above Sami Zayn, but it's one of those just establishing matches. It was good. When's Sami's uh, contract up? I don't know. And mm. they keep like there there was one report that said that at one point people believed that it was up in the fall and it's not up in the fall. They didn't and it wasn't said when it will actually go, but I think about it. I think about it yeah. quite often. I think about Kevin Owens and I think about Sami Zayn. They're destined I, to do this forever. Oh, I know. I know. Um after that, we got a we got a few video packages peppered through the episode here, which was you know pretty effective. I thought we got uh, Zia Lee, we got Aaliyah, 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 Aaliyah. We got Sheamus, you know that NXT call up. Yeah. Um, got Ridge Holland. Ridge Holland, that was it. That was the other one, and a bit of Angel Garza, Umberto Carrillo, which means you know for now they are still a tag team. Uh, but one of them was Hit Row, which we got a video package for now, and we'll come on to very shortly. I guess that was a, a big deal to happen on this episode. Uh, mm-hmm. But the next segment was King Xavier having his coronation. Kofi I Kingston did, like did, 
yeah, Kofi Kingston yeah. did the emceeing. They gave him the scepter, the crown, the cape, the throne, and that was it, really. Yeah, it was just a, it was just a <laughs> nice segment. It's like they gave a babyface a big win, and then let him just go out and be like, "Hey, I won." I'm just I'm so not used to it. Like they did the one shot where it was like they get Xavier and then look past, and it's the Titan Tron. I was like, "Well, who's coming out?" They've set up this shot. <laughs> Baron Corbin is obviously coming out to ruin this, but yeah. Sure enough, they just let the New Day have a fun time for a segment. And I was just like, oh, happy, happy times. Positivity. It's crazy. I think we're just going to come down on the opposite sides of each bit here because I was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, bit of a nothing thing. I thought this was this would be a good time to start the first oh, program yeah. for New Day. No, I mean, I, I agree. I, I think they're... I don't know if it was just because I was like, oh, it's going to be Baron Corbin. He's going to come out and ruin a mm. segment. Like him and Mad Cat Moss are going to come out laughing and telling a stupid joke, and I'm going to hate hate everything about it. They could have just done a different person than that, and I wouldn't have hated it, you know? But I think I just liked that they let the babyface have a day, you know? Because so often their mindset is, we need to get some heat. We got to get some heat. We got to ruin their their lives ruin the life of the baby faces make it so the fans can't have the nice thing and for once they just they just let the people have the nice thing that is good here's here's just a fantasy booking suggestion though as the current leader in the fantasy booking warfare <laughs> tournament uh you know who you gonna listen to um mm. you, you have this they start to leave but then hit row come down mm. and you don't you know there's no like ruining anyone's celebration it's purely just a passing for the next match and hit row can still do exactly the same segment but i'm just trying to think of other tag teams on smackdown now that new day can feud with it's not a lot no. we're, you know we're getting new day in the usos again yeah there's oh there's a lot of those feuds from a few years ago that are coming back around now we'll get to it but this this episode of SmackDown could have happened in like 2016. It's 2017 someone's, maybe. Someone sent me an article actually from WWE.com where it kind of read, kind of read. And you know, sometimes WWE.com isn't in any way attached to on-screen plans. But the sure. article kind of read like Kofi and Xavier can't be a tag team while Woods is King Xavier. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Singles runs here? That's... I I suppose... I don't know. I just don't have faith in them to push Xavier super Mm. hard. Like, I feel like they gave him the King of the Ring because he kind of campaigned for it. But I'm not sure how, how completely they will get behind him as a singles guy. I hope I'm wrong. I would absolutely love to see him be just you know, get his time to get a world title shot and get a proper run as the singles guy of the new day. But I don't know. I'll believe it when I see it. Um, just because a few people, oh no, just one person, Rabbi Rabbi, is asking us to acknowledge Roman Reigns. Um, Roman Reigns. He's a guy. Becky Lynch He's threatened to become Becky Two Belts again to hype up the championship exchange main event segment. 
Mansoor and Ali had another match. Uh, Mansoor won. It was fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> ah, man, I want to like this stuff, but they just they make it so short and not important. Yeah. But then, then we did get, I think, the the only highlight of the middle portion of this episode, which was Hit Row coming out. They did their full entrance. They got a nice bit of promo time. I thought their performances, because this is a big step up from uh, an act that's been forged in the lockdown Capital mm-hmm. Wrestling Center era of NXT, to go from that to then, oh, here's a main roster SmackDown audience with loads of people in the building and loads of people watching at home, a tremendous amount of pressure. I thought they just made that transition seamlessly and they got a, a squash match against some local competitors and they look great doing it. I was I was going to say among the the list of NXT call-ups ruined on week 1, this was not one of them. Yes. There's still time, but they survived the first week, which is much better than many people do. So uh, I, I'm, I've always been a huge fan of Hit Row. I love them. I love the act. I love their whole presentation. I just think it's absolutely great. I know there's been a lot of reports that, that Top Doll is going to be the one to get the, the singles push, mm. which I, I do find kind of funny, but we'll see. I'm, I'm willing to give it all a chance, and hopefully it all works out. This is one of the ones where I can't help but feel – a little bit cagey because they're taking one of my last NXT babies. One of the last ones. I can't foresee many more NXT call-ups that I have a genuine connection to than this one. And when they, when they're doing scripted raps in three weeks, I'm just, I'm going to die inside a little bit. I'll be honest. Yeah. Yeah, there is a there is absolutely no reason to be optimistic based on WWE's track record of forever. But in isolation this week, very good stuff. I also, you know, I I think Pat McAfee is an excellent color commentator and he was he was so good in this match putting over these two enhancement guys who didn't even get a name bar. He was just putting them over in kind of a comedic, goofy way, but still, you know, like he just like one of them. He was like, he won the Wichita catch wrestling <laughs> six. He won six matches on Thursday night or something like that. And you know, Top Dollar is just throwing him around like he's nothing. I th- it, I really appreciated that. I thought that was very good. He's a very good commentary. Yes. Mm. Uh, Sonya Deville were came out the changing the. Training room, checking on Adam Pierce. There was some stuff with Naomi earlier on, so just whatever. Absolutely blew off Naomi. You know, like this. This is the I've seen a lot of people that really love this Naomi and Sonya Deville storyline. I don't really at all. Like I really don't like it because I don't understand how you just don't have time for Naomi. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm not dealing with you this week, and she off she goes, and you never see her again. That to me is a burial. She needs to join the bloodline if she yeah. wants any kind of push. Uh, after that, we got Shinsuke Nakamura versus Happy Corbin in a 
Championship Contenders match. That's still around. <sighs> sure is. And Pete's not here to absolutely lose his mind about it. <laughs> the the one the one now I'm not going to pretend that I had any interest in this match because I saw it like seven times this year in consecutive weeks. These guys just wrestled every week. So I'm not thrilled that we've looped back around to seeing it again. But when Matt, Matt Pacafee, when Pat McAfee (laughs) on commentary is like, if Baron Corbin wins this match, he might be in line for a title shot. It's like, is that, not the sole purpose of the championship contenders match where if you win you get a title shot don't give me none of this maybe stuff don't say well maybe might get a title shot if he beats the champion christ well i think yeah i think he's definitely put himself in contention there for a shot definitely up for future consideration beating the champion in a championship contenders match yeah he sure I think, is. I think Matt Pacafay's got a got a <laughs> a good good point a, there. A pack of Mattafees. A pack um, of manatees. So this the finish came about when Boogs was playing guitar, which I I like, but I think is getting a bit annoying. It it's 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 annoying. I think join like the, the, the entrance. Yeah, the entrance I think is fine. It's it's repetitive, but it's it's fine. You know, you get the cool electric guitar bit. But when it's consistently used as, like, the distraction finish for a baby face, too, like, I don't know. I, I don't get it. Madcap Moss went to stop Boogs. Knack took exception, exception to that. And Corbin won. But the main event. Yep. It's the darkest timeline. Remember before Raw on Monday, and we're all like, oh, "Okay, so Belair's going to win the Raw title, and Becky's going to drop the belt at Crown Jewel." Remember all that optimism that we had on Monday? We're like, "There's no way they wouldn't do another title exchange again, would they?" It's exactly what they did. Becky and Charlotte just came down to the ring. Sonya Deville's there. She's like, "Now trade the titles, so we've got the right colors." on the brands and Charlotte (laughs) threw her belt on the ground rather than like, she gave it to Becky, then took it away and threw it on the ground. Sonya was like, do it again. So Charlotte picks it up. She gives it to Becky and Becky then just throws the belt at Charlotte's chest. I'm like, okay, well this, this is lame and awkward and not particularly well done. And then Becky walked off. I didn't think anything of it. You go online, and this was a shoot. Charlotte legit threw that this wasn't part of the plan, apparently, according to both PW Insider and Sean Ross Sapp. So I'm like, okay, that's those are two of the most reliable sources you can get. Uh-huh. Charlotte throwing the belt on the ground was apparently a way to make herself look good. And... Becky got annoyed, but it wasn't part of the script. Becky got annoyed with this, and her throwing the belt at Charlotte also wasn't planned. It's the promo version of what we got with Nia Jax and Charlotte Flair on Raw. It when is, the, isn't it? Their match deteriorated because, you know, they weren't really... Nia wasn't selling enough, Charlotte didn't want to look weak, and they both started having a terrible-looking slap fight. 
man. What's going on? I don't I think it's 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 you know speculation and mania, of course. Of course. But you, you look at the the year Charlotte's had. She's had quite like a an intense year when you when I when I broke my news earlier, I was sort of going through it. Her and Aunt at the start of the year, her and Andrade were meant to have this reality TV show, you know, like the total bellas, but for them too. They obviously had pretensions to do something more than wrestling as a couple. They were very into that together. <clears throat> I think they got agency representation as well. For whatever reason, that never came to pass. Then Charlotte, a couple, like six weeks before WrestleMania, is taken out because she has uh, an incorrectly diagnosed pregnancy by WWE's doctors. This is what Andrade said in an interview. That meant she wouldn't be able to wrestle for at WrestleMania. And Charlotte was upset about that, quite understandably so. But, you know, I also see WWE's side. That's not something you want to take chances with. In the midst of all of this, she's doing a program with her dad, Ric Flair, and Lacey <laughs> Evans in a storyline she, you know, has said she hated and Rick has said that she hated and no one enjoyed it. That fell apart. Another feud fell apart. So that all happened. Then her fiance Andrade gets released. And then you have the Nia Jack stuff. You had a report this week about how nobody likes Charlotte Flair backstage. Andrade's interview back in April also said that some members of the female locker room do not like Charlotte because she works too stiff and she gets too much of too many opportunities. Charlotte worked that into a promo. Uh, you've also got that story that Andrade said about one of the other people in the locker room taking a picture of Charlotte while she was changing or something to, as like a sort of bitchy thing to do. Like, you know, if there's a story here and there, you like, you can sort of dismiss it as rumor and smoke. When it's lots of stories, you're like, okay, well, you know, maybe there's some fire there. When it's stuff you can actively see unfolding on TV and Ugh. from interviews from her father and her fiance, you're like, oh, okay, this is not good right now, this situation. Um, and it's, I, it's, it's a, not a nice place to be in. I, I'm sure like Charlotte isn't happy about this because she must feel like an animal backed into a corner. I, I I laughed just now thinking like, man, if you can piss off Charlotte in WWE, it can anyone can get pissed off working with WWE. Now, granted, like a lot of the things that you just listed are not directly resulted of the company that she works for. Some of them are just happenstance and, you know, bad things happening, whatnot. I don't think a... I don't want to say hysterical pregnancy, but an, an, an incorrectly diagnosed pregnancy. I'm not going to just put that completely on the company. You know, it's just those are things that, that happen. But when you've got Charlotte Flair upset with her working environment, who else? Like, is Roman Reigns going to come out and be pissed off next? You know, like these are the top level people that are getting the biggest pushes. They're on top, most opportunities, best matches, and they're still unhappy. That's wild to me. And it resulted in this segment I thought was a heaping pile of ass. <laughs> this was this was just 
rough. This was really rough. Well, I guess Roman's got really good creative right now. Charlotte, yeah, that helps. Oh, Charlotte has not had a good storyline for... Years? I can't, you know, like, I, I think she's excellent in the ring. I think she is re she's really gone and good on promos, although she can sort of override stuff in a Stephanie McMahon kind of way sometimes. But her storylines and feuds are terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Consistently. I can't think of a good one, you know? God, like, yeah. Like, obviously, Becky, she's... Even, like, ones where it could be good, there's something wrong. Like, they're just slightly miscast. They're trying to push Charlotte as the baby face when it should be Becky. or Yeah. Or the Becky-Ronda-Flair match. It That should have been a singles match. Yeah, I really can't think of a good one. <laughs> you know? Like I, I see, uh, Anika Wilson says uh, Sasha and Becky in 2016. That was like five and a half years ago. Mm. You know, that's not very good. No. Um, the the report is afterwards when they got backstage, they had heated words with each other. Uh, so, but nothing got physical. Um, yeah. Lame. Have a pull-apart brawl. I need the old days, the Wild West. I need some <laughs> old-fashioned backstage heat. I need Batista and Booker T getting into a fight at a press at a shoot. I, I need Brock Lesnar and Jericho having a pull-apart. Goldberg and Jericho having a pull-apart. The old days. What was it that Brock said to Jericho in their fight? Remember, like, the, the story is he kissed him on the forehead and just yeah, like, fight yeah. me, bitch, or something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, it's a much better working environment yes, now. Of course. Uh, but yeah, those were juicy times. Uh, after that, but you know, Becky eventually got the belt. She said, "Well, see whoever's champion at Survivor Series." A testament to Becky's professionalism. I did not get that anything was awry here. Yeah, uh, I just thought this was a bad segment. Just thought it was a bad segment. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lynch went off. Sasha Banks came down, called Charlotte bitch. They brawled. That'll be our SmackDown title feud for the next few weeks, I guess, before Survivor Series. Yeah, I was I was trying to think of, do I like this roster more? Because I don't have to watch Raw most weeks, you know? So it really does feel like getting players drafted to my team because mm. I have to watch just SmackDown, right? And watching just SmackDown, I was like, do I like this roster more or less after this draft? And I think I like it less. You know? The crazy thing is, I was thinking this about Raw, because I feel the same. Like, when Mustafa Ali and Ali went mm -hmm. to... Sorry, Mustafa Ali and Mansoor went to SmackDown and uh, Gaza and Carrillo, I was like, oh, God damn it. They've left my team. <laughs> um, but I was thinking... I, I was looking at the Raw roster and I thought, this doesn't look as good. So mm -hmm. how, how have they done that? How have they know. made both? They've got the same wrestlers overall. Uh, they've made worse rosters. They've somehow really neutered their rosters, yeah. and I don't get it. Like, because I'm looking at it, and I'm okay. We've still got Corbin and Nakamura, who are clearly about to have another rivalry perhaps over the Intercontinental Championship that I could not want to see less. You've got Sasha and Charlotte having another rivalry 
and I'll I'll be this might just be me, but I didn't like their 2016 rivalry very much. I thought the raw matches were good and all their pay-per-view matches were kind of rough. And there was a, there was we're gonna get New Day and Usos again at some point because that's just an inevitability. And we're in the middle of Roman and Brock again. What year is it? Can I get some new matches, please? And hopefully that's where people like Hit Row come in. But I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to have to defend WWE here because actually on Raw on Monday nights there's been quite a few matches with like The Miz, John Morrison and Jeff Hardy, which mm-hmm. was 2007 2008. If we if it's only 5 years. Oh, <laughs> this is pro- yeah. this is progress. <laughs> <laughs> what if it's 15 years old then I can feel nostalgia for it. <laughs> Uh, overall, I gave this a three out of five. I loved the opening third. Uh, so that's, you know, a whole third of the show that I really, really enjoyed. Some of the best stuff on WWE TV this year. I thought the Hit Row stuff was very good. Um, everything else was nothing. And the the main event was terrible. So it just, and because you ended on the main event segment, uh, three out of five for me. Yeah, I, I don't know <laughs> that I'm going to be as generous i wanted to be i wanted this show to be good but i'm gonna give it a two out of five i thought that main event segment was one of the worst main event segments i've seen this year and i didn't love the opening segment as much as you did it was still good and i like the woods uh coronation bit but the hit row thing was like it was just a squash so they get points for for not messing it up but not too many points for anything spectacular so i was just like yeah not not the best episode of SmackDown, I will say. Didn't you see the Crown Jewel reactions? Just yeah. not messing it up is at least a three out of five. Oh, I'm not I'm not willing to give them that much credit. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we switch gears and talk about last night's AEW Rampage, which was Please. oh, just a, a few people are saying we forgot about Sami Zayn's new theme. Didn't need I to be wish changed. it didn't. It's the latest in a long line of perfect entrance themes that are, I don't want to say completely ruined because I didn't hate the new one, but he had like an all time classic theme. Yeah. Uh, AW Rampage. Yeah. Oh, there it is. We <laughs> <laughs> need some confetti effects as well. Uh, opening um... match was Orange Cassidy versus Powerhouse Hobbs in the. Uh, <laughs> there's the effects. There's yeah. the production. Um, what was what's the name of the tournament? The uh, Eliminator Tournament, the AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament. Just like last year's, uh, Orange Cassidy and Hobbs had a match that played off their Orange Cassidy's squash, effectively, mm-hmm. of Hobbs last year. A lot of teasing of the Superman punch. Uh, I thought you captured the review of this match perfectly in your review in the WrestleTalk news, where it's this was fine, but it's in that that sort of blind spot of Orange Cassidy. It's not a super big emotional dramatic match, nor is it a fun comedy match. Mm-hmm. It's just there. That's that's really where I struggle with his matches because exactly like that, like I said. I find that his his big matches where it's like, oh, he's getting the energy out, brother. He's taking this seriously. 
when he's really taking a match seriously, I, I love it. I think he's one of the best wrestlers on the roster. You know, you get the triple threat at double or nothing. You got the famous pack match, mm. et cetera, et cetera. He can have really great matches. And if he goes out there and has like a comedy match, I think that's also very effective. But it's like these middle of the road matches where it's like, well, is he taking it seriously? He's taking it seriously enough to win, but he's not taking it seriously enough to like go crazy and have a blowaway performance. So those kind of matches I always have a hard time with because he's a big star and he's going to win. So when he's not taking it seriously and it's not comedy, but he still wins, I don't know. They just, they lose me a little bit. It's like mixed messages. I think you, I never, I never realized what my issue with these kinds of matches was until you said it in your review. So thanks Mm -hmm. for putting a name to the face there, but I, I totally agree. Uh, it's a it's not a it's not a talent problem it's a it's a character flaw essentially uh, a, yeah. an issue with the concept it's it's an extreme concept which means it only works in its extremes uh, anything that is a dilution of that isn't yeah it doesn't doesn't work not bad but just not not immediately grabbing um yeah. after that we had penta and alex abrahantes come out to talk about the triple a tag team loss Last week, they didn't really get started because they saw some Super Ranas in the front row who obviously weren't the Super Ranas. They were completely <laughs> different heights from each other. Dax yep. and Cash, pretty uniform. This mm-hmm. guy was, you know, like that. <laughs> Significantly uh, bigger than the other. Yeah, they're both <laughs> six feet tall. It's Adam Cole and Zack Sabre Jr. Not quite. That was, uh, it was a trap, unsurprisingly. FTR jumped them uh, and Pac came down to make the save. Yeah, not not a whole lot to this. I had thought that we were going to get Santana and Ortiz for the mm. titles at full gear. And then we've kind of taken taken our foot off of the pedal with that a little bit. They got worked into the whole uh, Dan Lambert, America Top Team thing. And I was like, no, but I wanted to see them face Lucha Brothers. And yeah. I'm sure we're still going to get there. But maybe they didn't want to have that be the first pay-per-view match. Maybe they're going to win the titles from the Lucha Brothers, and they want to put that further down the line. I don't know. I'm I, th- and This, again, is AEW having enough goodwill built up where I was like, I'm sure it'll make sense when it's over. But for right now, I would have preferred that match than this one, even though this match will probably still be very good. Yeah. Uh, after that, we got... I'm doing this all by memory, by the way. I wanted to enjoy... Great. Rampage is my, uh, is my Saturday treat. It's mm-hmm. one of the only wrestling shows I get to watch week to week where I don't have to make notes. I can watch it purely for leisure. I thought I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let Pete ruin this for me. <laughs> so I just just watched it unadulterated, no notes, full screen, not like half a screen with Google Pages in the other side. Uh, so after this, we got Anna J versus Britt Baker, a big mm-hmm. time match, I guess, for Anna J. Pretty good stuff, uh, but of course, Britt Baker won. It was more to set up Ty Conti, which I feel is going to be the, the full gear feud. Yeah, that that's the indication that I've gotten uh, at this point, that once she started posing with the title, because there's not enough time to do a really big match on television and then set up another challenger for full gear, I'd just let this be the full gear match and let <clears throat> Ty Conti be able to have like a really big, shining performance. You know, she had the really good match with Hikaru Shida on the show earlier this year and let her have another one of those. I think that would be really good. And I really like this match. I might have liked this match more than anyone in the world, but 
I really enjoyed it. I think Anna Jay is looking really, really good given her experience level. And they just had this match where even certain things where they went for the, the choke into the pin that didn't quite get there. I never felt like the spot fell apart, really, you know, because they were just able to recover and get out of it and then go to the finish. And I just thought it was really good. Well, now it's time for our main event. Can you do it better than me? It's time for the main event. <laughs> if Mark Henry wasn't here. Yeah, it was, I was like, uh, where I'm, was he? So it was Tony Schiavone doing it, which, you know, Rampage's only been going a couple of months. But I was like, Tony, no, go away. <laughs> this is Mark Henry's thing. Yeah, You'll Ricky Starks have replaced him on commentary as well. So hope he's doing all right, whatever he is. Uh, the yeah, maybe we could get like a little GIF thing that we can play. So when it's time to discuss the main event of Rampage, <laughs> literally here, there's just this little <laughs> box in the middle. <laughs> I'm sure we can make it happen. I'm yeah. sure. Do we want to? Do we want to discuss the the TBS bracket? Oh, I didn't. I haven't written those down, so you'll have to refresh my memory. Oh dear, I yeah, haven't written that it down either. The main but event. I. Can I can pull this up right right here. I've got it. Uh, so the bracket for the tournament, there are four first-round buys. Uh, the first round is Anna Jay versus Jamie Hayter. The winner will face Thunder Rosa. Then The Bunny in Red Velvet, the winner will face Jade Cargill. Serena Deeb in Hikaru Shida, that sounds a lot, like a lot of fun, will face mm -hmm. Nyla Rose. And then Ruby Soho and Penelope Ford will face each other to determine who faces Chris Statlander. I like that, that you've got the automatic seed qualifiers and then everyone else has to, to get mm -hmm. in. Uh, do you think Sheeda gets the 50th here? No, I do not. Oh, See, yes. there's, there's a lot there's a lot of things about this tournament that I could see as possibilities because I've been going off of Jade Cargill being the first champion for a while. Uh -huh. That's just, that's how I've envisioned it. But I could see... Serena Deeb go to the final, although this tournament's going to take a long time. Because uh, I was going to say, Serena Deeb wins the title, and then that's when Hikaru Shida gets the 50th win. But you'd have to put that off for a long time, like months. Because I think they said this tournament is like culminating on in January when mm. they move to TBS. Like the first episode of TBS, they're going to crown the champion. That's like That's like two and a half months of of matches, you know, that they're going to build to. So I don't know, maybe in that case, maybe Sheeta does get it. And, it's a, and that's the big moment. She can ride that and maybe be the champion. I don't know. It's, it's fun to fantasy book something like this because there's so many possibilities. Maybe Deeb, Deeb wins next week or whenever it is that match. Sheeta just goes back home, goes back home for Christmas, trains, comes back once Deeb has won. And that's, yeah. Although then you kind of want, Deep to win. Yeah. And that's the first title defense. You're right. But yeah, exciting stuff. But do it again. Do, do the voice again. It's time <laughs> for the main event. We uh, had Pack versus Andrade 2. The first match, also on Rampage, was bloody brilliant. Uh, unfortunately, it had a screwy overbooked finish, which I presume was meant to set up Ric Flair coming into the company. But then the Dark Side of the Ring documentary came out and those plans mysteriously fell apart. Uh, this one, even like 
even if you take the finishes out of it, just match like in ring, in ring. I thought this match was even better than the yeah. first one. This was an excellent match. It was excellent from the get go. And then the final quarter just went into another gear. And there were some things I saw here that I just, I haven't written down any spots. I'm just going by memory. Stuff that I was like, oh my God, I've not seen that before. The when uh, the, there was some really good apron work. Yeah. And Andrade went to do a sort of slingshotty drop kick, but Pat got out of the way and Andrade just took a butt bump there. And then there was also the draping DDT on Pac on the apron to the outside. Oh, I loved, loved, loved this. And the near falls at the end really told that story of what happened, which was, oh, the surprise just caught him in the and sort of a, a modified cradle. We had like an arm round yeah. Andrade's back to get the for Pack to get the win, uh, which just makes you think. Oh, I just want to see these guys go go again. There's a great call from Excalibur where Jericho was talking about how these guys have such good chemistry, and they could have a hundred matches and they'd all be brilliant. And Excalibur said right after, and he said, and it'd be a toinkos. It'd be fit. They'd each get fifty wins each. Love mm-hmm. that story. Yeah. It's so fun, you know, because they're I just love how in wrestling now, especially in in companies like AEW, New Japan still, you don't have like it's not 50-50 in the sense of here you get a win, then you get a win because that's how we advance the story. And all the stories are the same way. This is like a 50-50 story, but that's the story that they're so evenly matched, Mm. you know? In that, yeah, it's it's a coin toss whether you're going to win or whether you're going to win. And then you have the first finish that's screwy. So you lead to the second finish that's this close that either guy could have won. I don't know if we're going to get a third match between them where you get a more decisive hit your finish and then pin the guy kind of finish. I don't know if we're going to get that. But if we do, I have no idea who's going to win. I didn't know who was going to win this match. Oh. Bloody brilliant stuff. Do you think it being in the main event position changed how they wrestled at all? Because last time it was the opener. It was like the last time it was the opener of Rampage. And very rarely do they book the main event match of Rampage to actually close the show. And I don't know. Something about this. They just went a lot more balls to the wall than last time. And maybe that's just playing up your last match but Mm. i don't know i felt like there was some element of this where it was like this is the last match send him home happy potentially just i mean i saw it and i just thought they're just trying to up the first match it's like Mm. sort of go bigger for the sequel but you're right this was a curiously taped episode wasn't it because usually you've got the Rampage is taped on Wednesday's Dynamite, but this Rampage was taped on last Saturday's Dynamite, whereas the damp- the Rampage before that was live. Uh, but I don't I don't know how that would have changed the actual taping. But may- maybe I hadn't thought about it that way, uh, just because I'm seeing so many people uh, say this. Toinkos, I said toin <laughs> toin coins uh, toinkos uh, with your guest Mac Pacafe. With 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 Coney Ton, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the match was excellent. Really, everybody, please do go out and watch it. It's a lot of people are saying it's probably the best match on Rampage. Uh, 
maybe it was. I, I haven't so. quite decided. And I guess one of the best TV matches for AEW. Top 10, I'd put it. It's it's funny how often now we're just like, mm. yeah, it's another maybe the best TV match ever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I watched I, I spent a good portion of yesterday catching up on wrestling that I hadn't been able to watch recently. And that was a lot of like G1 matches. And there was a five star match given to a, a five star rating given to a Lucha Libre match recently from AAA. I managed to track that down and watch that. This match was as good if not better than all of those matches. It was just absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I love these two guys working together. Pac, I think, is just one of the most dynamic performers. Mm. He's so explosive and so crisp. Like everything that he does means something. You know, every there's no wasted motion when he's in the ring. I just absolutely love it. And when you put him in the ring with a guy that has that same kind of energy, like an Andrade or a Kenny Omega. All oh, these matches are so good. So the match was excellent. And usually when you have a post-match angle after an excellent match, it's not as good, you know? It's very rare right. to get an excellent match and an excellent post-match angle. This for me, this angle was just as good as the match because I didn't see it coming and I didn't know I wanted it and I loved it. So as soon as Pat gets this, you know, out of nowhere, not lucky, but just just one up to Andrade in that particular moment. On another day, it could have gone the other way with the sort of inside cradle, small package, whatever. The lights cut out to black immediately. Like one, two, three, pff, lights are, are black when the bell rings. And it comes back up. And Malachi Black standing there. There's been no tease for him in this story, has there? Nope. He's been so isolated. Mm. It's been him and Cody, and that's it. So he's so Black's there, and all of a sudden, you're like, oh, Andrade, Malachi Black, and Pac, Andrade Neville, and Alistair Black. <laughs> like these three generations of NXT champions are just there. And it was just Andrade later tweeted out, F U W W E. There's many mm -hmm. things that could mean. Uh, particularly yep. with his fiance in that reported scuffle backstage. But to me, like watching that visual, it was like F U W W E, you scuppered three of potentially the biggest stars you could have had, and look at them now firing on all cylinders. Three of their biggest stars that they could have had. And that's not including Punk, Danielson, Cole. Ooh, wild. Mm absolutely wild yeah i love this i love this it was so it's so interesting because so many people have said that cody's segments feel like they're on a different show and i i think that that's because they feel like they're in a bubble where he's focused on his person and whatever happens on the show doesn't affect him this was a moment where you get to see him interacting with another rivalry i don't know it was something about it just felt very fresh and Black, you, for a moment there, you didn't know who he was going to choose. Mm -hmm. uh, just, oh, man, just that visual of them all standing next to each other. Uh, and Black, <laughs> yeah, can we get into that? <laughs> Spits mist in Pac's face. Pac goes down. They start beating up uh, Pac. So, you know, Andrade has joined the House of Black or as Black as, as Andrade, like, bought the services 
of black because that's how he's kind of operated in the past monetarily. I don't know the relationship, but I'm cu very curious to find out. It's gonna it's gonna require a lot of work to make that make sense. Mm -hmm. But again, trust in AW. So that that beatdown's happening, and out of nowhere, it's Gran Torino Arn Anderson. He walks down. He's got his finger pointed. He does the pew pew, and everyone's like, "What?" And Cody runs into the ring. The crowd organically lose their effing minds. This is a huge babyface pop. And Cody fights off the heels and he's celebrating. Oh, and that's how the show went off air because, of course, we've got Cody versus Black on Dynamite tonight, which I was saying to Tempest off air or when we were recording the podcast, the intros and outros and stuff. I was like, all of a sudden, I am looking forward to Cody versus Black on like a pay-per-view level. And I'm so happy that happened last night, like that cliffhanger. And I've got all that momentum and energy inside myself so I can watch it first thing tomorrow morning. Yeah. I I just, I feel happy for them, you know? It's like, it's not often that I just cheer for the success of a segment, but they have wanted Cody to get cheered for a long time now and it's it's been a struggle especially recently and i don't know if this is going to be a one-off where the people in miami just really liked cody rhodes on this night or if this is going to continue on into into dynamite tonight and beyond but i hope it does you know because if, if they want him to be babyface and they that's the direction they want to go i want there to be that kind of connection mm. with the crowd i don't want them to fight with the crowd you know, that's the worst of the options. And then you can you turn him heel, but him being a baby face and getting cheered like a baby face and getting booked properly like a baby face is my number one option. So if they can pull that off and continue to pull that off, it's nothing but thumbs up for me. Yeah, both of us are huge Cody marks. And well, it's it, there's few, there's very few of us. There's been very few yeah. of us this year, and we both want him as a baby face getting baby face reactions. Uh, but yeah, it's been it's been worrying because they've been going against that crane. So this is a this is a big bit of light for me and Tempest. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was all excellent. Overall, this episode, I don't know. I, I haven't really been rating Rampage. Uh, it doesn't feel... It's not a five out of five show. So no. four out of five then. I think it's four out of five show. I think I think before the main event, it was a three out of five show, and then the main event was so excellent that it became a four out of five show. I definitely agree. Oh, we've had plenty of Ultra Chats come in. Uh, but first, Ooh. let's do uh, our... Patreon shoutouts for $25 a month or more backers go over to Patreon because me and Luke are going to record our review, our retro review of Bound for Glory 2007 on Monday. So that should be up later next week. I bet the Bound for Glory I have to watch is going to be better. Yeah. Yeah, I think it will be. Doesn't have a reverse battle royal on. <laughs> But thank you very much to our $25 a month or more backers. If you back that much, you get a shout out on this very show with a wrestling nickname. Thank you. The Pim Particle, Terry Hankamer. Yeah. 
Justin, the human Godzilla was track. The Pharaoh, Stephen Mazafero. Probably better than Kyle, Philip O'Reilly. Infinite Crisis, Chris Jenkins. Robert Spencer, period. Probocop. The Incredible Tarzo. An expert dancer, great swayer man. LL Cool J Paws. We're going on a Brian Huntley. And Marcus, he's got soul, Campbell. In parentheses, football joke. Okay, let's remove that rampage thing from the screen, please, as we get on to your ultra chats. Charles Berg, I enjoyed Brock smashing people and things. Oh my god, Smackdown feels like a lifetime ago after that Rampage chat. But I mostly enjoyed seeing not the GM, Adam Pierce's pants explode. <laughs> I didn't see this. But apparently yeah. his trousers ripped. It just exploded. It was like the, <laughs> like the, the inseam of the leg. Yeah, the, the, the seam of the legs just absolutely blew apart. He's got two tighter trousers, that means. Uh, Rampage was also enjoyable, although I found the entire finish and closing segment to Pack versus Andrade to be incredibly silly. It wasn't for me. Huh. Teach their own, I suppose. Well, each their own, yeah. Uh, Jonathan Hedman. WWE, I think, broke me last night. That title exchange made me cornet angry. So, WWE, I think we need a break. Yeah, we didn't even talk about how, how stupid the title exchange as a concept was. And I don't really want to get into it at this point. It's just, yeah, it's bad. Stop doing it. The Decker Dane enjoyed the Brock carnage, but last night SmackDown was an autopilot affair with little to be thrilled about. The title handover was terrible, and looking at how Charlotte's year has been, wouldn't be surprised if she eventually does end up in AEW. It's so wild, though. Because there are certain people that I know they're great. I They're very clearly among the best in their at their job. I don't want to see Charlotte Flair in AEW. Yeah. That is a WWE person. But that'd be stupid not to sign her. That's but I agree. I very correct. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just she, I don't know, it's a cognitive dissonance thing. You know, yeah. like she's where she belongs in wrestling, in my opinion. It's like what we were talking about earlier. It's like seeing Braun Strowman potentially tonight in Impact. It just doesn't, exactly. I mean, it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Robinson. Wow, this beginning actually was good. All of the Brock stuff was on point. I hope Brock just keeps getting involved with everything SmackDown until they reinstate him. <laughs> it's a lot of dates. A lot of dates yeah. to pay for. <laughs> Laxamy Narasimhan B. Remember when becoming King of the Ring meant a title shot? All right, championship opportunity, damn it. Good times. By the way, I just saw the finals of Fantasy Booking. Is the fallout of Ollie's booking a WWE AEW versus Bullet Club in a can they coexist match? I don't know. I didn't didn't book that bit. <laughs> <I'm not sure. laughs> it is if you want it to be. 
uh, that's the brilliance of booking. You you just put a load of opposite like potential out there. <laughs> Uh, Matthew Robinson, I like what I've seen from Hit Row on the first outing. Hopefully WWE can book them good, lol. Also, the women's stuff and the end was trash, but the best trash exchanging two belts can be. Can't the belts be named so we don't need to do this? But Please. they're coloured. Yeah. It, it, it It's two people in theatre, they're going around, and somehow they ended up with the wrong prop. <laughs> and they gotta switch the props so it, it makes sense again. Uh, Supreme just says, Sami Zayn has new music, WTF. Yeah. Ma Matthew Robinson, Ollie and Tempest, who should dethrone Roman Reigns? Should we have a new upstart to get him? Brom Breaker, or a more seasoned veteran? And more importantly, when should they do it? That's the best suggestion that I've heard recently, mm. is to have Braun Breaker be the guy. Just keep the belt on Roman until Braun Breaker is, is ready for that. And then do it, you know. Other than that, the only other guy that I like that much is like Isaiah Swerve Scott. I think he's just brilliant. When me and Luke, because me and Luke have been asked this question a lot this year, mm. and Luke's answer has been perfect. It's like that guy isn't in WWE at the moment. Yep. But we haven't answered that question since Brom Breaker has exploded onto the scene. So NXT actually might end up being some good for WWE. Bezo Banks. I'm still waiting for all those people who told me to let the Bianca SummerSlam BS just play out. Where are you at now? Anyway, I will keep saying how WWE had the chance to just have Bianca and Sasha win this week and faithfully said, nah, let's swap belts. Yeah. I said on Denise's show that I thought that they could have had Bianca Belair win both belts as a way mm -hmm. to like, you know, pay her back for beating her at SummerSlam in 20 seconds or whatever. Just have her win both belts. Doesn't have to be a long double reign, but just be like, I am the best. Here are my belts. Philip Welch. Enough about the B show. Move on to Rampage, you cowards. <laughs> this timestamp. I, I wonder what the Fast Nationals are. The Fast <laughs> Nationals out? I don't know. That's so accurate. Matthew Robinson. Oh my God, did you see the Disco Inferno stuff? Oh, I did. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Could happen to a nicer guy. Matthew Robinson. <laughs> OMG, the pack versus Andrade match was so amazing. And the team up with Black is amazing. Love this story. AEW is continuing its hot streak. But this was the first Rampage where the first match was not the best thing. Did you guys notice? I did notice. Nothing slips past me. I, I don't know. I don't know why the change happened, but it did. It was like I, I would probably prefer they do the most important thing at the end. That's just how I've been... It's how wrestling shows work. The main event's the last match. Uh, the legit underboss was watching Stephen Larson and they joke that Hook always looks like he just woke up from a nap. He's <laughs> <laughs> got bedhead. And now I can't unsee it. Also, they're starting their 24-hour stream in a few hours. Any chance of getting a 24-hour wrestle talk stream? God, no. We, <laughs> we did like an 11, 12-hour one when we passed 50,000 subscribers and it's not enjoyable. Like, it's... That screwed me up for a week. Uh, I'm sure Luke would want to do it because he He's loves stuff like that. Yeah. But not for me. Uh, plus, we didn't know this until we did the stream. YouTube has a 12-hour limit on live streams, at least for our channels. Mm -hmm. So that would have to be something on Twitch. Um, and last chat... Simply garbage. Ollie, did you see that Chris Jericho retweeted you? You're basically BFFs now. Yes, that was cool. 
Uh, Chris Jericho has retweeted both of us now. We're oh, yeah, we're all friends of Jericho. Article. Yeah. The yeah. friends of Jericho, man. Honorary inner circle members, <laughs> us two. Uh yeah, that was very that was nice. That was nice to see that happen. Um, unfortunately, uh, if you listen to the podcast or become a member and you can watch our exclusive intros and outros to this show, uh, you can see me get quite sad about my fuzzy music video. <laughs> <laughs> Because I don't think it's, it's okay. very good. But thank hey. you to everybody who said they liked it. But And thank you to it's one not... other special person as well. Mm -hmm. The new member, Danny Leonard. Yes, Woo! you'll be able to enjoy that off-mic chat. Uh, but for now, thank you everybody for joining us here today. Thanks to our wonderful moderation team who help make the chat a friendly place as always. And for everyone who ultra chatted in. Uh, we have go over to Wrestle Talk's main channel to subscribe there because Tempest has a Bound for Glory review going live where, you know, we might see the debut of Braun Strowman. Maybe even Bray Wyatt teases. Who knows? Uh, and it's me and Luke back next week on this channel doing Raw and AEW. Dynamite's back on Wednesdays. Mm, thank you. Also, also on Parts for Gnome right now, the finals of Fantasy Booking Warfare, me versus Laurie, who can book the better WWE versus AEW Supercard has gone live. So go over, please watch that, and vote for whoever you think has the best booking. It wasn't just the fantasy booking warfare that I seemed to be winning. I also seemed to be winning uh, at music videos. Yes. I don't that I did I see. I don't feel like a winner. That <laughs> <laughs> was that was pretty good. Well, I, there's a few problems here. First problem: Andy Datsun made two very, very good music video punishments. Yes. He got his dad to do the music. and he, like, His dad's got his own recording studio. He got a drone to film him. There were loads of fancy effects and different locations. And he's got a good voice. Genuinely got a good voice. Mm -hmm. And then what, what, what's happened is it's gone back to the way it used to be done, which was just a bloke on a green screen being a bit crap every, <laughs> everyone ironically enjoys it where it's like uh -huh -huh, not my proudest fap uh -huh -huh, top 10 songs better than the original whatever i enjoy that but now i saw a lot of people and i feel i think it hit a little bit deeper because i think i agree or they were just like oh this isn't very good <laughs> <laughs> kind of way and i think i'm close to it being not good in that sweet spot way but my vocals let it down mm. i didn't pay attention too much to the vocals i was paying attention more to what uh your various doppelgangers were doing in the background where maki ito ollie pops up and just regular you strolls in sipping your tea <clears throat> those Probably. those are the things that made it for me that was that was the intention Bit of yeah. smoke and mirrors. 
um, my lady partner had to help me into that macchito <laughs> because I'm a little bit thicker than I was when I first put that on like three, four months ago. And it was tight then because it's made for a teenage girl, I think. And I have put on 10 kilograms since that, since I am, you know, what is that? 10% larger? And I wish I could say that was muscle. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it is my stomach. My metabolism's changed. I've just hit that age. I can't eat the pizza anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I'm trying to use Noom. And <laughs> that I, I had to hoist the skirt up so high that thankfully the camera was framed in a way where you couldn't see it, but my boxes were coming out the bottom and I just oh, looked dear. like the worst fancy dress. It was uncomfortable. <laughs> it was, and I was like, you know, I, I laughed to my lady partner and she just went, well, I don't like this. And it was the, <laughs> it was the same thing with how people reacted to the Fozzy music video where it was like, oh, but it's funny, isn't it? Because I look stupid and it was just like, no, I think it's a bit too too stupid, this bit. <laughs> I so, thought it was the appropriate amount of stupid. You didn't see I, the legs. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know whether that would make or break the whole video for me. <laughs> well, you doing anything else this weekend? You going to watch Bound for Glory? Yeah, I'm, I'm, just about to say, I'm about to say I, I have to watch Bound for Glory. Is, is, it, is it tonight? I thought it was tomorrow night. It's tonight, uh, Tempest. Oh, uh, I need a better job of planning my uh, my, my whole weekend <laughs> then. <laughs> oh, dear, yes, you know, you know, watch Bound for Glory. That won't impact your plans too much, will it? Oh, you oh. got it. Oh, it's like I'm doing a, a show with Randy Andy Datsun. Goodness sorry, me. Man. Yeah, you should be sorry. <laughs> No, it won't impact my plans too much. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna watch Impact for the first time in a while. You know, it's it's been a few months since I caught their show on Twitch, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I'm gonna see Christian and Josh Alexander. That sounds mm-hmm. like a fun match. I like that a lot. There's gonna be some debuts tonight. It's gonna be exciting. I hope. Fingers crossed. It's gonna be like really. Um, what's the word? Like when something doesn't quite like like Uncanny Valley or, or Incongruent, to see Braun Strowman, if the reports are to be believed, in the impact zone. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's strange. I don't know. Something about it. He just seems like a, like a WWE lifer, mm. you know? And he just didn't get his say in that matter. <laughs> like, I'm sure if it was up to him, I don't think he was ever a guy that would leave. You know, I could be wrong, but he seemed pretty content doing what he was doing for WWE, and now he's going to be wrestling for Impact. I don't know. It is very strange. Just look at those social media posts he made last year in in the start of the pandemic. That those were yep. the words of a "No indie for me, buddy. Mm-hmm. I'm staying in WWE forever. I am set because I put in the hard work, and I'll never fall back." down the ladder again. No, no siree, not this guy. I'm facing Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. Oh, sorry, what? You want to release me? Now I'm in impact. So, yeah. Yeah, I haven't forgotten. I wonder <laughs> if anybody else hasn't forgotten. I might be in that locker room. 
I really like Stroven, and I'm curious, well, Adam Scher, I guess. I'm curious to see what he is outside of the WWE machine. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, subscribe to Wrestle Talk to get Tempest to review as soon as it goes live. Well, kind of like tonight slash early hours of tomorrow morning. But for uh-huh. now, I've been Ollie. This has been Tempest. Jam that jam. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.